Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang, everyone, and welcome back to the show, and happy new year, happy 2021, finally. And uh, I know everyone has been sort of anxious to, to move on from this year and, and put 2020 behind us, and uh, rightfully rightfully so, obviously. And we're still not out of the woods just yet, but I wish everyone good luck and good fortune this upcoming year. Uh, New Year's resolutions, whatever you're doing, you know, just make a promise to yourself that this year, uh, you know, you're just going to find that next level in you that you, you didn't know existed. And promise yourself that you're going to push your body a little further, your mind a little further, your comfort zone a little further than you have before. Um, because, guys, I, I usually say this to all my mentorship students. It's a great saying. And if it's if you want something you've never had, you know, you're probably going to have to do something that you, you nev- you've never done. You know, when I won a BCHL championship and we went to the RBC Cup, I never did that before. I had to find that next level. I didn't know it was there. I had to go find it. I had to push. I had to go further than I thought it could go. Um, but I've broken through those barriers throughout my career, and, and it's such a fulfilling feeling to experience failure, learn from it. Uh, obviously, not, not, not a great feeling to experience failure, but it's fulfilling when, you know, you do fail, you learn from it, and then you're proactive and you apply new methods, Right, you go out there and you make change, you know, in areas you failed before. And then to finally win and see it all come together, um, you know, to feel what it feels like to go where you haven't gone before, you know, where you didn't think you could go before, you know, and then and then getting there. Um, that's the most special feeling ever in sports. That's the most fulfilling feeling ever. So proving yourself you had more than you thought, not just the people around you. So let's just promise this year to strive for that next level every single day. Don't get complacent. COVID isn't going to be here forever. Um, you know, so so let's let's be ready to go in 2021 here. Uh, but today on the show, I have Peter Budai, longtime NHL veteran goaltender, um, with just a massive amount of pro games played, over 270 AHL games played, and over 340 NHL games played. Uh, just awesome to have him on. He's an amazing guy that knows the game very well. And uh, I really think you guys are going to appreciate his insight into his long career in the NHL. You know, how he got there, how he stuck around, and, and looking back at some of the key takeaways from his journey that I know um, that you guys are going to love. So make sure to stick around to the end of the show for the full details on today's conversation. Uh, shout out to our monthly NeuroTracker League winners. And man, uh, this month we had another huge record break. Simon Beaudry coming into the crew red hot at once again, a uh, third month here. I think he's won two out of the last three, uh, pumping in a huge new all-time high score for the group since inception with a score of 3.97. And uh, just insane, honestly. Everyone was freaking out, crazy how good his vision has gotten since jumping on the NTX just you know a short few months ago. And our most improved for the month goes to Sage Yoke, uh, coming in with a 65% improvement on the month. And great work to Sage, who's recently started to get back into the swing of things uh, much more. And, and shout out to the rest of the clan as well. Uh, just a great group of athletes in that group uh, in that group chat, putting up you know great scores, supporting and pushing one another. Great environment to be around. So thanks for everyone. Uh, thank you to everyone who makes uh, being a part of that so fun. Um, shout out to my patrons and, and all the members of my inner circle, uh, my mentorship program. And as I announced last week, right now we're doing a big Christmas sale for the next month. 
Uh, all annual mem- mentorship program tiers will receive a 10% off uh, their package for the entire year. So if you've been on the fence of joining the program if you're in, and are looking to commit to working together long-term and save some money in the process, um, you know, if you're looking to continue working on your development also with, with all the disruptions going on, a lot of the work we do together can be done, you know, without the ice. And, uh, you know, we'll set you up to have tons of success when you do finally return to play. So the tiers range from $5 all the way up to, uh, you know, $185 a month, uh, depending on exactly what you're looking to get out of the mentorship program. Uh, but if any of this interests you, just head to patreon.com slash goalie hacks or head to the link in the episode description to get all the details on each tier and uh, to get details on, on how to get an opportunity to get started today. But without further ado, let's jump right into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat Peter and I had today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast. And I am very excited to be joined today by a longtime NHL veteran with over 600 professional games played and the founder of Budai Blockers Academy, Peter Budai. And Peter was born, grew up, and played minor hockey in Slovakia and Eastern Europe before deciding to make his way overseas to the Ontario Hockey League in Canada. And during his three years in the league, he racked up over 125 games plays, played as well as the OHL Goaltender of the Year Award in 2001-2002 and played over 10 games in three tournament appearances in the World Junior Championship representing Slovakia and the IIHF competitions. He then went pro in 2002-2003 and since then has played over 370 NHL games, 240 games in the AHL, winning several personal accolades in the 2015-16 season in the American League and also including more than 20 games played on the international stage for Slovakia on several occasions during his pro tenure. After recently retiring in 2019, he spent last season as the assistant coach of the junior organization of the Bozeman Ice Dogs in the NA3, and still to this day continues to run his goalie school, Budai Blockers, as well. But just super excited to be able to have him on the show to chat some goaltending development today. Peter, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, right on. It's, uh, you know, great, great to have you on. Always love having guys just uh, such as yourself with just so much experience and uh, just such an incredibly strong resume. I know that everyone want to hear from. Um, but, you know, how have things sort of been during COVID for you, your students, like your team, your schedule and everything? Uh, yeah, it has been a little bit different. You know, I think it's a little, a little, a little challenging for everybody, you know, try to make the plan and the plans would be changed um, you know a week later and so it was a little difficult to get uh, get the camps going but you know I was trying to you know uh, talk to uh, the goalies that I work with and you know try to do some uh, you know workouts uh, at home or you know somewhere where they were able to do that so it was uh, it was pretty good but you know it's um, definitely challenging but you know sometimes you have to roll with the punches and maybe some stuff are actually going to be beneficial so the kids had more time at home so they can actually spend more time working on a certain areas that they would probably not be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, glad things are going. Okay. I, I, like you said, um, everybody's kind of rolling with the punches right now. It's, it's turning in. I mean, you've had a, a crazy long career, obviously at the next level. Is this probably the weirdest thing you've seen in your time? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think this is not just, you know, affecting hockey It's affecting way more than, than that. So it's definitely something that, you know, 2020 is going to be remembered, especially for this moment. So, you know, the COVID really, uh, made huge changes to the world, and uh, I think we're gonna see the results of those changes in the future. Anyways, too, so, yeah. well, it's gonna be interesting. 
Yeah. I guess uh, maybe if you, you know, what's some advice that you, you can share with everybody listening in terms of, uh, you know, kind of just being resilient and, and powering through this time? Uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, there's certain stuff that I always say, and especially important in, in sports too, there's certain stuff that you can control and some certain stuff you can't. And, uh, you know, if you're going to focus on the stuff that you can't control, it's never going to help you and help your progress. I know this, uh, this whole situation is, uh, stinks for everybody. It's terrible, you know, and yeah. especially for the young kids, developing kids, you know, you know, parents and everybody else is affected by that. So I think, you know, when youth focus on, you know, what's going to happen, why they're closing this, why they're closing that. I think that's something that we cannot, and we don't have a control over, you know, we just have right. to focus on what we can do our part, you know, um, you know, as I said before, you know, sometimes it seems like the one door is shut, but the other one's going to be open. So, you know, mm-hmm. being at home is, you know, problematic and it's hard and especially the social life and everything else. But then you have more time to spend with your family, more time, uh, get better in certain areas that you would never work. Like for the hockey players, maybe flexibility, maybe off-ice training, maybe the more commitment, maybe, you know, um, eat properly better because you cannot go to restaurants and eat fast food. Fast right. food. So it's, it's, you know, it's... <laughs> There, you can find good in everything, and it's not easy. Um, but you know, I think if you focus on your part, it's going to be much more beneficial than if you focus on everything else around. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, great advice, and you know, I wish you guys, uh, you know, your students and yourself, the the best of luck. And um, you know, obviously, hopefully, we don't have as many closures going forward, but we kind of just got to roll with it. But I, uh, uh, we got a kind of a long one to go over today. I got so much to ask you and I kind of want to jump right in. Um, but maybe you can just start off by, you know, briefly sharing a bit of your story and your background and sort of how, how we got to where we are today. Well, you know, I, I grew up in in Slovakia, you know, uh, I was born in, you know, back in the day we're Czechoslovakia, but then, then we split, but you know, I always wanted to play goalie and, you know, I was always fortunate that, uh, you know, I loved the game from the moment I saw it on TV as a kid, and I always want to be a goalie too. I never want to play out. You know, I always wanted to play <laughs> that. You know, it's kind of funny. You know, they always say the goalies are a little different, but you know, not necessarily true. You know, you have different players too, so it's not just a goalie thing. But you yeah, know, we just we just put into this thing that <clears throat> you have to be different to be a goalie, not necessarily. But right. yeah, it was it was it was great. You know, I was very thankful that my parents uh, they sacrificed a lot to help me to, you know, go to the rink and, and play and, and get the gear. You know, it wasn't that easy back home, yeah. uh, you know, back in the day. But, you know, they, you know, we didn't go to vacations, but we, you know, I had new pads, you know. So it's uh, it's definitely, I'm very thankful for that. You know, it's something that, you know, uh, I want to do for my kids, you know, that sometimes I think I see it in 21st century here that people rather go to vacation because they're tired instead of doing something that, you uh, can be beneficial yeah. for their kids so um you know i think that it's a good lesson for me so i can be better about that you know from my own personal experience with my kids but yeah so i grew up in slovakia started playing hockey enjoyed um you know play on local team at home and then you know i was able to play um uh, national team under 16 and uh, then uh, you know when i was 16 years old i got a you know i would say a lucky break uh, you know i'm very thankful for that you know we we were having a uh, like a camp um, in the same place where under 18 at a camp and under 18 Slovakian team was playing as the team Canada and, and yeah. we uh, our goalie one of the goalies got got hurt and the second goalie I don't think he performed really well so the coach from under 18 didn't like it so we were under 16 they're just training and uh, he said it you know that you know he wants me to try it and go play the game against mm. the under 18s. 
and it was like wow that's that was a big step for me and you know we yeah. we play against team canada which was i think defending champion at that time i think they were really really strong uh so we didn't have a quite chance but it was a great game you know we we, we lost we got lit up <laughs> we, lit, we got lit up five nothing and five two and two games i played but you know i yeah. think you know i had like 48 49 shots every game against so i think it wasn't it was something that uh, you know, kind of an introduction for me for the North American style of hockey, and, mm. and it was it was great. And then afterwards, I, I was able to talk to one of the uh, you know uh, scouts there, and he said that you know he would like me to go try to play in junior hockey in Canada. You know, I didn't know anything about it; I barely spoke any English. So we had to you know try to work it out, and then I got drafted to OHL. You know, I originally was supposed to go to Kingston. Um, but the Kingston picked somebody else in the first round. So I was like, oh, man, I'm not going anywhere. I guess I'm staying here. But then in second round, OHL, uh, on um, Toronto St. Michael's majors, uh, you know, um, back in the day, they picked yeah. me. And, and I was uh, I was very excited. Uh, you know, it was great. So it was, uh, it was a really cool thing. So I, I had to make a decision if I'm going to go to Canada, uh, you know, away from my family, uh, or yeah. stay home. So it was a big decision for me. And then we, uh, you know, we decided to go and I think it was the right choice for me. And then everything kind of fall in place, you know, it's just, it was just great. And it was the right thing for me to go to try North American style of hockey, because it's, it's very different from European, especially back then too. Yeah. What was, uh, you know, what was kind of the, the, your thesis, I guess, behind like leaving, like, you know, what What were kind of your two options and then why did you kind of decide to come over here to Canada to play major junior? Yeah, we, we talked about it with a lot of my parents, you know, especially for my parents now that I have kids, you know, it would be very difficult to let my kid go when he's 15, turning 16 and yeah. going, to, uh, going to North America. It's not like you're going, you know, down to Brampton or something in Canada. You know, it's like an hour <laughs> away that you can go see when the kid feels homesick that you can just go see and fly and see him and everything yeah. is good. This is across the, you know, across the world. So, you know, it's definitely a, was a big step for me. And, you know, I had to talk to my parents and talk to the friends that they already been to either juniors or play in America or play in Canada, you know, that we know from back home and, you know, talk to some coaches, give them some advice. But the bottom one was for my parents and me. And, you know, they sat me down and said, you know, uh, you know, this is a big step. You know, this is no... There's no turning back. It's not just you go and then you come back and it's all good. You know, yeah. if you're going there go all the way go all out so and i really wanted to do it and my parents supported me and so i went anyways because i thought it's going to help my career and I, I had a goal that i really want to play pro and you know try you know make it to the nhl maybe get drafted you know so and i thought that that junior league ohl you know or any junior league in canada would prepare me best for the north america and like the style of hockey and obviously smaller rinks and everything else so that's why that was my kind of thesis and my, my kind of thought process with my parents uh, that why we decide that yeah yeah well maybe you can start off and and uh, you know right to when you're transitioning to major junior in, in Ontario um, but kind of you know what were the biggest differences and I guess in the style of hockey you kind of alluded to the North American style is a little different um, but what are, what's sort of the difference from uh, the, the hockey that you're used to and and kind of what was the most surprising about it I guess uh, the surpri most surprising was the physicality, you know, for me, we, we never, um, you know, back home, we obviously played hockey, but uh, especially with the smaller rinks and, you know, even though that, you know, like the St. Michael's Majors rink, what I played was like one of the smallest one um, there was in OHL back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I remember that one. That was the old one, right? 
the old one is really really tiny so everything happens super fast there's no there's no like uh, you know there's always you know somebody physically you know crashing into you there's there's hits you know yeah. the puck is on top of the blue line but obviously it's much closer so the you know you got to be more sharper you got to be you know you got to change your uh, change your approach you know like in european ice uh, you know sometimes when the puck is in a neutral zone you have kind of time because it's kind of far away <laughs> yeah. so here you know and like you have to adjust to that you know the physicality level was different the, the mentality of the players were different i think the mentality of the players were shoot first and uh, shoot mentality in right. America. Uh, and when I started to play there, was definitely a big change for me. You know, you, you yeah. know, in Europe, I think like people tried to play east-west. I think you know America back in the day. I mean, game's changing right now, but back in the day when I like in the late '90s and early 2000s, like they, it was really north-south. You know, you know, yeah. dump and chase, hit the hit the hit the guy, win the battle, battle, take a shot, screen. You know traffic you know deflections mm. all those things so i have to adjust to that yeah yeah well what was you know maybe you can go a little further like what was the hardest part for you about making that transition to the major junior level you know what was what was kind of you know your your expectation versus when you got there would you struggle the most uh you know i i, I obviously the, the expectations were you know i didn't <laughs> i obviously didn't want to fail when i got there you know i want to yeah. do the best i can to you know um Felt responsible, you know, keep my parents, make my parents proud. You know, I'm representing my family and everything else. So definitely that was tough. But you know, it was it was different. You know, different game, different style. You know, you didn't, you know, I didn't speak well uh, English English well. So it was it was difficult. You know, you know, try to get the transition. You know, you want to be part of the team, so you want to, um, you know, talk. But you know, I I love talking, so you know, I was talking maybe goofy stuff that didn't make sense and mm. guys maybe make fun of me but i didn't care you know i was <laughs> i i learned by watching tv i learned by yeah. watching the movies i've already seen i talked to everybody even if i make a mistake you know i i, I kind of had that personality that you know even if i make a mistake it doesn't matter for me you know, it doesn't matter if somebody's gonna make fun of me because you know i don't speak english or something like that you know i'm trying and i'm getting a bit better mm-hmm. and you only do it by failing you don't do it by doing everything right you have to fail you know, in the process in order for you to learn. And just like everything in life, you know, you think that if young kids think that, you know, not failing is learning, it's not really. Because I think the the not being successful at the beginning, you know, it's the, it's a great teacher because it pushes you higher to to do what you want to do. So especially with the language, do something. You know, I, I said so many times, goofy things, you know, even from like a GM or coaches and everybody laughed and paused like, is this guy serious? <laughs> but you know it was it was funny like it was it was good for me because i i i learned and i got better and you know i, I want to be part of the group part of the boys because it's uh, it's important to have a good dressing room you know even though you play on the ice you know you need to have a good dressing room if you don't your team's not going to play together and you're not going to be successful so um you know it was uh it was difficult but it was i enjoyed it but from a hockey standpoint of view it was uh uh it was definitely, I had to change a lot of things. You know, uh, you mentioned John Elkin before that you know, uh, you know, John. Yeah. And John really, really helped me with, uh, you know, transition to getting up the proper way. I was getting up the wrong way, you know, uh, the old school way, you know, like the shots, you didn't use the power lag and didn't right. the proper. So I had to change that completely. Like I never was taught that back home. I just, I was just playing by raw instincts and, you know, 
diving and you know you know to be athletic and you know i have to say you know thank you john because he, he really taught me to get up in a proper way and and try to utilize you know uh, the best the new style you know like you know that was like the era that everybody was you know coming back to that power leg and everything else now everybody's doing it. you know back in the early 90s or late 80s nobody was doing it. so you had to transition to that so it was kind of it was kind of it's kind of great and i'm very thankful for that to john because he really helped me with that a lot yeah yeah and i guess uh you know for goalies looking to make that transition to junior hockey and you know you're involved in some right now as well um you know what's sort of the what's the most important skill you think that kids should be working on today that will help them make that transition much more smoothly when the time comes it's it's very difficult to pinpoint one thing uh, especially when you're talking about technique and you know the, the playing that you know i think yeah a lot of lot of lot of coaches especially you know when you start going from like the uh, the juniors and maybe afterwards so like the pros or stuff like that you know the number one thing is you know to be able to be coachable uh, i think there's a mm-hmm. lot of coaches and a lot of uh, uh, teams are looking for that. You know, you can be a great goalie, but if you're not trying to expand your horizon, meaning that you don't think that, oh, this is where I am. I know everything, and I know I'm the best. And you know, that's great. You know, have that you know personality. But when you're coming to learning, you always can learn something else. Mm. You always can work harder than you think. You always can uh, get better. Even the NHL goalies, they're constantly watching videos. They're constantly getting better. They're constantly improving. It's nothing. It's you know, like you know, from I know from a personal experience. You know, Vasilevsky probably the best goalie right now in the NHL. Yeah, watches videos, getting better. It's coachable, getting you know, improving on the goals that he got scored on and everything else. And he's the first guy that can say, "I don't need to do anything." So if a young kid comes and doesn't want to work hard and doesn't want to improve, that is a lot of big no sign. To a lot of teams a lot of coaching it mm-hmm. doesn't matter how good you are right now it's what you can bring and how you can improve and help the team to win games so it's very important for young kids to know and, and, I, and i understand that the 21st century is, uh, is changing uh, the way we look at the world and the young kids are looking at the world and everything else but the desire and the, the humbleness and the hard work and commitment you know that needs to be there it doesn't matter what you've done uh, you're only as good as today so it doesn't matter what you've done yesterday. You know, you got to keep improving every single time. If you have that mentality, you'll be okay. But if you think that you don't need to work hard because you just had a few shutout yesterday, I mean, two game, last two games, the coach is going to see that, and that's going to come back to haunt you. So that is a big advice for me for the kids. You know, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Today's new day. Uh, and then in your final year of junior, you know, you had a, a breakout season winning goalie of the year and, and playing career high games and getting career high numbers. Um, you know, what exactly did you change or improve on like over your tenure in the OHL that you think contributed so much to your success that season? Uh, you know, if people, it's, 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 it's easy to ask that question and it's easy to answer that I did something different. No, it was, it was just a continuous uh, process. You think, yeah. you know, I, I think that, you know, you can't just say, oh, that year, you know, I just changed this. and That completely changed my game. I think the believing in the process, the believing in the hard work and everything else it just just clicked in afterwards. You know, I didn't change anything special. I didn't get new coaching or didn't do any extra stuff. Like I did always hard work and it just started paying off. So that's, uh, yeah. 
Uh, that's something that, you know, stay the course. Doesn't matter if you're getting results instantly or not. Most likely, you know, nobody, everybody knows that you're not going to be a, you know, you're not going to see the results overnight. Especially yeah. in hockey, you know, you need to wait for the, you know, you have to wait for success. You need to wait for everything to click in. And it's in order for you, if you're going to stay the course or not, that is up to you. Rest of the stuff, it will take care of itself. You just worry about what you can control. And that's what I tried to do. So I didn't change anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess for kids who kind of have that, like, you know, obviously, uh, looking back, you've had such a successful career. Um, but so many kids out there, everybody kind of just like wants the jacket and they want to move up or they want to go play games. And they're not really focused on like that development side for kids who are kind of just in a, in a rush and, um, you know, maybe are losing sight of that. What's some advice that you can have for them in terms of being patient about their development with their career? Uh, yeah, that is a great point because I think that a lot of, a lot of kids and I, I would, I would say it comes from the parents too. They want to see the results instantly. It's the instant yeah. gratification of the era that we're living in, especially hockey era. But this is, uh, this is a sport. There is a, there is there's a reason why small babies have to learn how to crawl before they walk. Right. You know, it's the same, same thing with hockey. I don't understand, like, you know, a lot of people, and I've seen it in camps, they think, well, I did the two camps with this and this guy, and now I should be. No, it doesn't, doesn't mean that you did the two camps and now you're going to be Patrick or I. It's not going to be like that. I think the kids need to understand it. They need to understand a big picture. They need to understand why are they doing what they're doing they're not doing it they're not doing the camp to get shutouts they're doing the camp to learn how to play net right you know i think that is a big difference you're not a uh, lot of young kids and, and it comes with the parents too they think that when they do privates and everything else that all of a sudden your son's going to be unbeatable <laughs> that's not really true and you know yeah. i am sure that you know that situation it just doesn't doesn't work that way i think yeah. you have to be patient and calm and it's up to the parents too and coaches obviously to 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 explain to them you know why are they doing what they're doing you have to explain to them and tell them you might not be you know you improve your stats by two goals against if you do this camp no but you actually will learn how to play net that eventually can help you take those numbers down but it's not might not be today so just stay the course and and you know i always it's funny but like if something happens fast, it's probably not good. It's probably it's probably luck. That's how I look at it. Like if you, if you're building a house fast compared to the house slow, ninety nine percent of the time that house is not going to be well built. Yeah. If you take a time to build house slowly and do everything else from like you know the base and everything else, then you know yeah the other guy is going to have a house earlier, but eventually that house will break. You know, so I think it's it's like in, in life too, you know, like you have to learn slowly and there is a time for, there's a perfect time for everything. There's a time to learn. There's a time to, you know, be successful, but there's also time to not be successful that you can learn from, you know. So I think everything take is a learning curve and don't anticipate that because you've done 25 squats today, that tomorrow you're going to be so strong that you won't be tired. That's not true. You know, like a lot of people will think that way, but it's not. Yeah, you, you, you just need to have that. I mean, your, your career is just a, a great testament to that. You just you, you went through all the right loops and did the right things and kind of diving into, you know, when you first went pro in, in 2002, you know, 
um, you know, had some great numbers and, and got in 29 games at the AHL level in your opening season. Um, you know, you kind of really embraced that process and then went on to just have a spectacular NHL career. Um, but, you know, what was the hardest part, I guess, about transitioning from from junior to uh, pro hockey? Like, where'd you struggle the most? Uh, I think I think it was also the uh, the travel was a little bit worse, you know, especially on the East Coast and we, we travel yeah. a lot. But, uh, you know, you play against men. Um, you know, I think when you play juniors, you, you're playing against kids that wants to become pros. But then when you play minors, you know, you're playing as men, they have families, they're taken as a job. You yeah. know, I think to, to understand it, it's not, it's not the juniors, you know, a lot of kids are having fun and having a great time and joke around and giggling. You know, these, some of those men that play um, American Hockey League, they have kids, they have to pay the bills. So they're going to play hard no matter what. That's their job. That's their livelihood. So you right. have to you know, make your mindset to, to understand it so you end up the, the sooner you realize that once you get to the pros and you know you're getting paid for your job that it is your job that you're required to do some stuff that it's not that when you work hard everybody's going to be like yay that's great no that's required from you right it, it, it's 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 the mindset that sometimes i feel like the kids when they work really hard they want a pat on the shoulder oh well, what a great job you don't know that is that is that is why you're getting paid that is why you're getting paid. You're performing is why you're getting paid. Like it's if you're not performing, you know, just like any other job, it's gonna be you're gonna get kicked out. Somebody else is gonna take your job. Who's gonna do it? So I think you have to understand it, and I think that you have to understand and having that little like a fear of losing your spot. Uh, I think it's really helpful because it mm -hmm. pushes you to go hard. A lot of kids don't have that. They feel like the team needs them. Instead of, mm. oh, man, I want this team, you know, to, to love me, so I'm going to do whatever it takes. You know, yeah, I think have the, a, a the kids... have a sense of entitlement, right? Exactly. The kids really feel like, oh, I got drafted second round. The team needs me. They'll do whatever I want. And they'll wake up very late, and it's not going to be pretty. So mm. I think that that entitlement has to go away. And, you know, uh, it's it's... When I said it's a job, it doesn't mean that you don't love it. That's why the right. being a hockey player is the best thing for me personally that you know i'm very thankful to god for it i was able to play because mm. it was a job but i love it so i never basically work one minute of my life because i went to work to do something that i love that's not necessarily a job because you enjoy it you have passion for it so if you do what you're you know you're so lucky that you can do a job that you love 100 percent. you're going to the work with a smile on your face every day yeah. that is yeah. so it's such a privilege and it's such a such a gift that you should never forget that as a kid. It doesn't matter how hard it gets, you know, how, you know, you're going through slumps, you know, the hard working practices, you know, but maybe coaches, you know, a little doghouse a little bit, you're not, you know, coaches a little bit on you because of something. Yeah. But those things happen. But that, the passion for the game is going to take over and is going to push you through those things. If you don't have the passion for the game, you're not going to push through. Because yeah. you will quit. And you will yeah. not go 100%. Yeah, maybe you can kind of dive into a bit in terms of, uh, you know, that mentality of, you know, you got to you got to take it seriously, but you got to have fun competing at the same time. Like, how do you sort of walk that line of, you know, being being serious about your work, but just enjoying competing at the same time and having fun with the sport? 
Uh, it's a it's a very it's a, it's a tough question. It's a very good question. A lot of people ask the same thing, but it kind of goes hand in hand. If you, if you love what you're doing, if you enjoy the grind, you know, like you always hear these slogans and the, the sayings and enjoy the grind and everything else. And a lot yeah. of people is like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Cliches, like, why right. are people cliches and everything? When you think about it, it is it is true. Like it's so stupid sometimes. It's such a cliche, and you hear so many times so many of these cliches that people just like let it go. But if you pause and think about it, if you enjoy the grind, if you enjoy the game, if you enjoy the hard work, if you enjoy after the practice that you were exhausted sitting in the dressing room, but you have a satisfaction because you gave it all yeah. out there, yeah. you will have fun no matter what. Doesn't matter if you're gonna do up and downs. Doesn't matter if you. Are gonna skate so many times. It doesn't matter. Like you, obviously, it's gonna be hard, and it's gonna be. And I, I would lie. I would lie to you. I would say like I never, like swore or were upset that this is like happening. But <laughs> those are just parts of it. Like you need to be understanding why are you doing what you're doing. You have to right. believe that this will get you better. And even if as a goalie, you know, I've done mountains and suicides and everything else. And people always say, especially I've seen young goals. Well, this is gonna make me a better. Not necessarily, but why don't you look at it from the point of view of, you know what, this get me in a better shape. Mm. Why don't you point of view that this could be, you know, triple overtime in game seven and I have the stamina to do that. Right. You know, right. you can always find something in uh, in your head to tell you, you know, I always said, you know, I say to my kids, you know, when my, my son is like, hey, look, and you know, like you did 10 squats, nine of them were good. And last one, you kind of like say, well, whatever. Well, now think about there's another kid down the street that does 15 squats all the way correctly. Who do you think when he keeps continuing doing 15, he's going to do nine and a half? Who do you think is going to win that puck battle when it comes to it? Game time, yeah. Yeah, it's it's you have to get yourself mentally ready for a tough stuff, especially the tough stuff will happen. The coach is going to be mad. The GM is going to be mad. You will be in a slump at one point. You will be also playing great, but it's a big wheel. You're going to be up and you're going to be down. And you have to find your way to focus and find your way to push yourself through. You know, I always say, like people always say, like, why did you try so hard on the suicides, you know, like kind of skating suicides? Because, you know, you're a goalie. It doesn't matter. It, it bothers me that I'm not winning. Like, I want to be best in everything I do. Yeah. And, you know, people always use this perfect excuse because this is the perfect excuse. I've used it too as a kid a lot of times. When you're not trying hard in practice and they scored on you, you make yourself excuse in your head. You know what? If I tried, I would have made that. Yeah. If, if I would try hard on this drill, I would have scored on that goalie. No problem. But I just don't yeah. want to. A classic, classic excuse that people always say. That's why they don't want to work hard because they don't want to be held accountable. They don't right. score because it, it pisses you off. It pissed me off when I was a kid that somebody scored me. I tried hard. I want to try it even harder. So and then I was a couple of times I was lazy and I realized I'm like, well, I just tell, I just lie to myself and I say, you know what, if I would try harder, but I'm not going to because, you know, I'm just going 50% of it. Yeah. I can stop it next time, but there might not be next time. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the, the, when you kind of let go of trying, it's like you're scared to fail basically, right? Exactly. You're scared to fail. That's why you have excuses, but failing is a good thing. But I think I guarantee you, we can ask anybody successful in the world. The success doesn't teach you as much as fail. Yeah. Success is feels better, but you know, 
do you have a crappy game and you're letting five terrible goals or you have a shutout which one is going to make you feel better obviously it's a shutout but which one's going to teach you more and you need mm. to work on something that's a, it's a big thing yeah you know what it's it's funny you say that I, I say that to my guys too you'll learn way more from failure than you would from success but yeah. there's a certain way that you know I, I would say guys such as yourself you know having such a successful career really embrace failing the right way you learn from failure yeah um you know because uh the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. And I think that, you know, fail culture has kind of, uh, you know, come to light a little bit more that you need, you need to fail more. You need to fail off and to do well, but in your opinion, like how exactly should, should people approach failure in order to be like productive with it and, and go out there and take failure and actually learn from it and make adjustments. So that way they're not just going in this fixed loop of failure. Right. Well, the big thing is that I, I think a lot of people put uh, success and failure, they, they automatically put it hand in hand with uh, confidence. Uh, right. And what I see with the goalies, they think because they won, that that's, their confidence is based on that. And then when they lose, they lose the confidence right away mm. in their ability. But that is the wrong approach. In my opinion, your confidence level and believing in yourself and being able to do uh, play well has got nothing to do with winning or losing. Mm. your confidence should be based on your preparation your confidence should be based on how hard you work in practice that you did everything you could to be successful you might not be you might get absolutely smoked and first first period you're out yeah but that's not that your confidence cannot be based on success or failure i think i've seen a lot of young kids they do that when they are in the zone as people say and they're winning mm. everything is great but once they start losing, they cannot go back up. They don't know how to how to get that confidence back because their confidence is solely based on how good of the numbers I have. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. Yeah, it shouldn't be based on results. It shouldn't be. And that's, I think that is your approach that, you know, when you know that you've done everything you can in practice and preparation, you, you did everything you got. Am I going to tell you you're going to be 100% successful? I don't know. Nobody knows, but you're giving yourself the best chance to be yeah. successful. Yeah. You you are going to do best chance that you can help the team to win again, to make that save at the right moment because you prepared yourself. You might not. You might lose lose a lot of games, but that's how it is. You know, I I've heard a stat. You know, everybody say like Michael Jordan, how clutch player was he that he made the last bucket all the time. Nobody talked about how many times he missed last bucket. And he actually said, I missed way more than I made. But I learned from it and I kept mm. coming back. And I had the confidence. He still wanted that ball at the last five seconds left in the game to win or lose the game, even though he missed a few before. But he yeah. still had that confidence because he still believed he can do it because he still went on and throw a thousand of the balls. And that's why he was able to make Because it. it shouldn't be made of you making it should be made of how hard you work in your preparation and you believing that you've done everything you could to help yourself to be successful. Yeah. Because nobody knows if I'm going to be successful or not. Nobody has the golden ball and like says like, oh yeah, am I going to be successful? No, nobody knows that. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's a great analogy. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, you kind of got to have the self-awareness of like, you know, what kind of goalie are you and how good are you and 
the work you put in, have confidence in that. And if things don't turn out, you just know that if you, you just got to go make some adjustments and get back to work and things will be fine. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's true. I mean, confidence is such a hard thing to build in goaltending, but you know, if, if you don't think that you're going to stop the puck, then you've already kind of lost that battle in your exactly. mind. Right. But how would you going to, how, how, how are you put yourself mentally that you're going to stop the puck? Yeah. People are, people always ask like, how, how can I put myself and believe in that? There's only way to prepare yourself. You are not going to be, it's, it's very difficult to talk about this because it's such a specific and unique situation for goalie to stop the puck. There's so many other elements that could come into play. It can be screen or tip or whatever, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of things that happens in the game that you cannot prepare yourself in the practice for. But you can always do the best you can to prepare yourself for that. Right. And you just believe that you can stop the puck. You know, it's 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 the natural thing that you have to believe that you can stop that puck. And it's not based on because you won the last game or not. It's because you had a thousand shots. You've done everything, mm -hmm. every single thing. You studied the opponent. You prepared yourself the best. You went to bed the right time. You ate the right food. You gave your body the best possible situation so it can be ready for you to perform when you need it you know so yeah. it's, it's very important a lot of a lot of kids things are it's just so easy you just show up and i just play you know it's, it's it's more than that and the faster you learn it the more advantages it's going to be for you when you turn you know juniors or pros after yeah because you know every level brings a new challenge with the new, yeah. new teammates, new friends, new, new locations, maybe, you know, away from your parents and everything else. These challenges can be only overcome if you are prepared for them earlier. Yeah. Because if they catch you off guard, it's going to be harder to um, get over. So that's, you, you got you to gotta know what you want and go after and go take it. Do everything that you can for it. Yeah. Yeah, well, talking about challenges, you know, you uh, you spent your first few seasons after going pro doing extremely well with with Hershey in the AHL, uh, and then 2005, you finally break into the NHL, playing 34 games that season. Um, but I'm just curious, during your first NHL year, you know, what was sort of the hardest part about transitioning into the NHL for you? Where did you struggle the most? Uh, you know, I think the more business-like approach. I mean, American Hockey League is definitely more business-like, but like NHL is, you know, it's a, you know, it's, you know, you're a name tag. You're, you know, I think people, people get kind of hurt feelings when the team just trades yeah. and everything else. But at the end of the day, it's a business for them. You know, I mean, it's great. You know, they can be your friends and everything else. If you don't perform, they just train the name tag. They bring the yeah. guy. So it was difficult to, you know, the pressure was there. You know, to learn, uh, you know, to accept that pressure and keep that pressure intact. And, you know, so the pressure of the situation, the responsibility that you have as a player, you know, as an organization that they invest money in, you are presenting them with some, mm. everybody else. That pressure can turn into fear or into, the, if it turns into fear, then you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a really hard time because you can't do it. But if it turns into responsibility and the kind of, anxiousness mm -hmm. to, to you know to perform best you yeah. know it can actually push you forward i mean i always say one thing if the person uh you know if the person say to you that he's not a little bit nervous before the game i'm not saying afraid but a little bit nervous uh i don't know if that person is prepared for that because mm -hmm. I, I i in my opinion you know 
I was nervous. But it's not nervous to be afraid. It's nervous because you have a responsibility and you have a job to do. But how do you deal with it? You know, you prepare for yourself for that. You, you know that you prepare for yourself. And even though you don't know what's the outcome going to be like, you give yourself the best chance to be successful. That's all you can worry about. The biggest thing that people always say, at least I think so, is they want to control every single thing of their life. Yeah. In Not even in sports, in anything. As soon as they cannot control stuff, they get they get angry, they get anxious, they get worried, they get scared. Because we have this, you know, I think it's it's a it's a it's kind of myth that if we control stuff, we'll be okay. No, that's the whole point of you know having having faith in in uh, in your process in, in the, that you've done everything. That's mm. the strength that you build on. Because you know what, like, everybody can. Everybody, if I know that I'm going to have a shutout, everybody will be at their best goal. But not, yeah, like like not knowing going to the game that you might not. You don't, right. you don't have to think about that. A lot of people think about the results before the game even starts. A lot of people think about, you know, when they get scored on goals, they go like, oh my gosh, my stats are going down. I don't know what to do now. Like it's, mm. uh, you know, my coach is going to be mad at me. You know, so in all these situations, you have absolutely zero control about. You have no control about what the coach is going to say. You have no control what the GM is going to say. You have no control what the game is going to end. You don't know. Nobody knows. I don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. From sitting mm-hmm. this thing. I think that we might be still talking. I don't know. Maybe the end of the world comes. I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you have the mentality of living in the present and focusing on your task, you automatically is going to put those thoughts away that distracts you from focusing absolutely just on the game. A lot of kids, and that was a big thing for me to going from like the, obviously like, you know, juniors to American athletes, American only child. It's yeah. that, you know, absolute strong focus on the present, on the stuff that you can't control. The rest of the stuff is out of your thing. And it comes with age and with the, you know, like uh, experience and everything else. But, you know, the faster the kids learn them, the better will be for them. That control only stuff that you can't control. Don't focus mm-hmm. on the stuff that you're out of your hands, out of your yeah and then uh you know you you kind of relate to just the nerves and and being nervous i think everybody gets a little bit nervous it's kind of like in life if you know even just thinking about like school like imagine that you never had to do any homework or there were never grades on a test or anything then you would you you know you a little bit of stress a little bit of nerves pushes us in the right direction to to want to perform to want to show up and play um absolutely but for you, like, I'm just curious, you know, how did you manage all that stress? How did you manage the emotions? Like, was there anything you did or, or things that you said to yourself to kind of keep yourself leveled or, or bring your focus um, back? Well, I, uh, you know, I always said, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids are superstitious and a lot of kids have the routine. I think the yeah. routine is really, really good. And there's a big difference between the routine and being superstitious because I think a routine is something to, tell your body that this situation is going to be happening. So my body would know that the game is at seven. So it would know when to go to take a nap, what right. to eat, because you've done it so many times. So you, you, you train your body to be ready at seven. It's not really that, oh, if I don't do that, I'm not going to play well. It's just the routine is some kind of like a, kind of like a trigger mechanism for your body that you know that at this time it's going to be performing. 
So your body would know and you would like, you know, and I, I'm sure pro, pro can tell you the same thing at certain time, because you've done it so many times that you're going to take a nap at one o'clock afternoon, your body would get tired all of a sudden. And it's not because it's tired, but it's like, it's, it's your body's preparing itself to be able to perform at that seven because you've done right. it so many times you trained your body for it. You know, you've heard it so many times with the, uh, you know, training your mind, training your body mm. uh, to, to, to do exactly same thing at the same time because it's it's the it's the repetition that's the routine. The problem I think sometimes the people have with the mental space, like you know, the, the superstitious part is is difficult because it will it will more hurt you than help you. Because yeah. if you are not performing well, all of a sudden you have an excuse that you did something that mm. you missed. Something. You're not thinking about that. Yeah, I just had a bad game. No care. Who cares? Like you know, I'm just gonna get better. You know, learn from it. Watch the video. Come back to work tomorrow. Right. If you have a superstitious, you'd be like, "Oh, you know what? I didn't do that. I, I didn't do anything wrong except that skate <laughs> that I should have put on a little bit later, and this lace was tabbed." So you will find yourself in the head superstition, and then mm -hmm. you will find your head excuse, so you don't look at yourself, which is the most important thing to get mentally stronger is to accept the failure and to accept mm -hmm. that yes, you did make a mistake. Yes, you do need to work on it. Is at the end of the world? Absolutely not. It's okay. People make mistakes. Everybody, there's nobody perfect in the world ever and nobody is. So that you have to understand looking at the mistakes is actually beneficial. And you can mm -hmm. see it. A lot, a lot of young kids do not want to look. You talk to young kids a lot of times, very good players, and they will tell you when you start telling them, you know what, maybe you should have gone there. They will try to explain to you that what you're saying is wrong because they were thinking different way and their way is the right way. Right. So they will try to they will try to explain to you that you're wrong and they're right. Instead of just <laughs> taking it and, and it's it's actually hurting them because they're not open to suggestions. Right. To get better. And even if the coach maybe that didn't seem the situation the same as you, it doesn't matter. You don't have to tell them. Just Take that advice, put it in the thing, try it in practice. Maybe that's going to work. Yeah. Maybe that's going to actually help you. Because even if you take extra information, that's going to be actually even better. Right. So you can actually get improved. But like, you know, people are in that, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. It's not my fault. We're in the living era that everybody else is at fault. I'm not. We like to look at the other people's faults and mistakes without even looking at ours. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's sure. very, it's, it's very good, you know, and, you know, and I, I'm a Christian, you know, I, I, I believe in God and I always, yeah certain stuff that, um, you know, I always, I leave everything to God. It's easier said than done, obviously, but yeah. I'm not saying I haven't mastered it. No, I would lie, but I would try that, you know, I would try to, you know, say grace and mentally prepare myself, you know, you know that I can focus on stuff and whatever outcome is, it is, I, I can't focus on that. And I think that's why a lot of people, you know, struggle and only the best athletes are able to, you know, overcome this kind of nervousness and anxiousness because a lot of people would think, you know, oh man, I'm playing for World Juniors. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. The game's coming, you know, scouts are in the thing, you know, it's my draft here, you know, yeah. I got up there form my body over there from Finland. He's crushing it right now. I need to step up. Those are completely irrelevant situations when you're playing in them. Yeah. You gotta focus on the puck. A lot of times these external thoughts comes in and they destroy your focus without you even knowing it. It just 
it just crumbles because you think and focus on the wrong things. So that's how you can maybe help yourself to, to just focus on that puck. Don't worry about anything else. It's just like, you know, the perfect guitarist, like, you know, when you say concert, like playing in front of 30,000 people, 40,000 people singing a song, he's not thinking what the people are thinking about him. He's singing right. the song and, and the best guys are singing the songs because they are just singing. They're singing for themselves. Yeah. They, they, they enjoy it. They're not thinking, oh, what is that guy in seventh row? He's not paying attention. Is he, is he thinking that I'm not singing well? Like, no, he's not. He's just singing. That's why Gar Brooks and, you know, and all these great guys, they can sing amazingly in front of so many people. It's like a big show because they're doing it for themselves. They enjoy it. They don't think right. about what the people are thinking about them and how the concert is going to be and what the CNN is going to say about the concert or whatever. Like it, it, those are, those are absolutely useless thoughts that are going to only hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Wow. That's uh, incredibly well said and uh, great advice. Um, and you went on to have obviously an amazing NHL, uh, uh, successful NHL career. Uh, clearly a, a great, great mental mindset that just contributes to that in the league over 10 plus years. Um, but obviously, you know, you've seen a lot of guys come and go. And uh, in your opinion, I'm just curious, what's the most common underlying theme or characteristics of the goalies that seem to break into the NHL and, and find a way in to stick and find success and have long careers? What's sort of the underlying stuff there? I don't know. It's a very tough question. It's different for everybody. And I don't, I don't have the, the you know, uh, like a blueprint on how to do that. You know, I was very yeah. fortunate and I'm very thankful to God for that. And, Obviously, you know, stayed healthy for pretty much the entire career, except at the end I got a little bit of ankle problem. But I was, you know, I think staying healthy is very, very important. You know, it's something that, uh, you know, you can, you know, pray and hope for. And obviously you got to work for it too a little bit, you know, with the preparation and yeah. strength and flexibility. But, you know, staying healthy is very important. A lot of great goalies, you know, they can get hurt and they're never the same again because their injury is big. So I think staying healthy. Uh, keep working hard, you know, uh, being hard as a working guy, uh, you know, it really helps to push not just yourself up, but also your fellow goaltender, you know, uh, mm. you know, if I always in that, I'm in that and I see on the other side, somebody works really hard. I want to be harder working on him than him because, yeah. you know, if he's working hard and you're not, it kind of makes you feel bad. You know, it's like, man, <laughs> this guy's trying and I'm just like, you know, slopping it right now. So you want to be the hardest working guy and also you making your team better. You know, the players love to shoot on a goalie that competes. Yeah, for sure. They, they hate to shoot on a guy that they just did, a, you know, two up and downs and stops. And now they're going to shoot on a goalie that doesn't even go down. It's a slap in the face for them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really disappointing. I would say when I see that a lot of young goalies do that, they're like, oh, this is a 5-0 drill. I'm not going to even try. Nah, this is a no, I'm not going to. 3-0, yeah. oh, this is not a game situation. I'm not trying it. That's just, I, I, I just can't stand it because I feel like it's uh, <laughs> it's such an arrogant thing to think like that. Yeah. Instead yeah. of like, you can think that maybe this one, you can, you can actually do something. Maybe this spectacular save, it's going to be awesome to make. And if you don't make the save, that's okay. You just did everything you could to make yourself better and, you know, make yourself mm -hmm. stronger and faster. And, you know, you get the better push. You think about your push is going to be better next time. So it's like these things, then, you know, they can push you forward. And 
one thing that I just want to tell, I think, the kids, don't just work when somebody's looking and watching because you yeah. don't know somebody's always watching. So you're not doing it to impress somebody when the GM is watching or the scouts is watching. No. You're, you're working hard when there's nobody at the ring. Because you know what? There could be somebody that could be the one. And you know what? And on top of everything else, you want to do it for yourself. You don't want to do it for this GM. You want to do it for yourself. You are the best you can. Well, you're, uh, I mean, you're always watching yourself. And even if we, we can, uh, like you said, we can kind of fool ourselves a bit, right? And um, at, at least for me, like as well, you know, a, a lot of my confidence just throughout my career just came from preparation. Like nobody needed to be around. And, and uh, obviously you have the, the same mentality of, you know, uh, building that confidence really starts when nobody's around. Um, you know, are you proving to yourself that you, you're ready for the weekend, even when nobody else is watching? And I think that, I think that goes a long way for uh, developing that character. Goes a long way uh, with developing your own personal confidence, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's very, very important, and I think it's the most important thing because at the end of the time, you know, uh, you uh, you want to do it for yourself. You don't want to do it for anybody. Because yeah. if you don't do it for yourself, you're not going to be, you know, going 100%. Yeah. Yeah, well, in 2015-16, uh, you know, you, you uh, uh, intermediately through your long career spent a, a season in the AHL. Um, but you brought home a ton of personal accolades and, and hardware. AHL goaltender of the year, most shutouts, most wins, first all-star team, all-star game appearance. Um, but maybe you can just detail to us what you think contributed, you know, so much to your personal success that season in the American League. Yeah, the, it's funny that you said it. it was probably one of my best years. And, and you know, I the year before that, I had zero wins in the entire year. Mm -hmm. I don't think nobody, not many people know that. But wow, uh, yeah, I uh, the year before that, well, I got traded to Winnipeg from Montreal. You know, yeah. I was playing NHL for ten years. And, um, I got traded to Winnipeg. Winnipeg sent me automatically down to minors. And um, I was playing in St. John's, Newfoundland. Yeah. And uh, my record was 0-12 and like 3. Then we won one game. Mm. And uh, it was a big, you know, mental check for me because, you know, I was – and that's why I was so, you know, adamant about talking about you know, focusing on what you can control. When I did that, you know, looking back right now, I was focusing on the wrong things. You know, I was in mm -hmm. minors. Yeah, it made me upset, you know, but I was focusing on getting back to NHL as fast as possible instead right. of just go and play the game and stop the puck. So that I, I wasn't stopping the puck and I was still wanted to go back to NHL. And I didn't realize that I was not focusing on the right things. The year afterwards, when I played Ontario, you know, I didn't have a contract, didn't have anything. I, I thought my career is done. You know, I was even saying to my wife, you know, this could be done. And, you know, I nobody was wanted to give me a tryout. Nobody gave me a contract, you know, not even in European teams. They're like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, because I had such a bad year. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Kings gave me a, you know, tryout. Just like a walk-on tryout, see what's going on. Yeah. And Kings just, you know, obviously, Jonathan Quick, you know, great organization, I think, last two years before that they won the cup or something just absolutely stacked yeah their minor team just won a Calder cup you know they had a everybody like so i'm just going there literally with like you know what this could be my last time you know having a pro camp and 
I'm just going to go out there and have fun and work hard and yeah. enjoy this and focus on stopping the puck and being in a room with the guys. And, and all of a sudden, you know, thank God, you know, everything fall into place. You know, one guy got picked up on waivers, and, you know, certain stuff happened. So they signed me to it, you know, kind of like a 25, uh, you know, 25 game, uh, yeah. you know, like a deal PTO, or whatever, this PTO kind of thing. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. And then all of a sudden I start playing so good. You know, it just, I didn't change anything. It was just my, my mental game. I was just focusing mm. on what I can control. I didn't didn't get extremely stronger all of a sudden or faster. I was right. 33 years old. It's not like it yeah. can get any more stronger <laughs> at 33. You can just, you know, it's, you know, so I was just, you know, I was just excited to be there and be with the boys and, and play hard and, and enjoy every single moment. And it just automatically, everything just fall in place. And I'm so very thankful to God that I was able to do that. Cause like I was, I was really going to the camp with maybe not being able to sign. I wasn't thinking about, Oh, I'm going to sign or I'm not going to sign. I just went there literally just to play, yeah. just to enjoy the last, maybe few moments that I'm going to have in the big, you know, like a, the NHL show thing, and you know, dressing room and, you know, putting the jersey on and gear and go to practice and work hard. You know, those things I just wanted to focus on. I didn't focus on like if I'm gonna sign or not. I didn't focus on what the other guys are doing or not. And that completely helped your mindset. Incredible. Like it is it is so amazing to see that. Like once you like somebody will experience that I'm sure a lot of people did. Once you're just focusing on having fun and working hard and focus on the present. Don't focus on the outcome of the camp, outcome of the game or mm. what the GM is gonna say. You all of a sudden, everything is going to be, you are going to get into that zone that you always talk about and you hear athletes to say that. You're going to be even keel because the great saves or bad goals are not going to affect you. Yeah. Because you're just focusing on a, on a moment. That was huge. So it was, yeah. that was really cool. And I was very thankful that I was able to have the, that kind of a year after that year that I was just not winning at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's uh, it's very inspiring, honestly. Um, you know, maybe you can kind of detail a bit how you approach the failure and like how you got over it, because I'm sure there's lots of kids out there listening that might be going through, yeah, you know, something similar right now. So, kind of, what was your process with getting through all that and then finding your way, which which probably felt amazing uh, to overcome yeah. that, right? Well, I uh, when I was in St. John's, I didn't get proper way to get over it. I think. I was still working really hard. Uh, I was still, I'm, I'm a person that I love to work hard. I love to, you know, put ever leave everything out there. But what I did wrong, looking back at it, I didn't know that back then. I thought I'm doing everything. And I was asking questions like, what the hell, man? Like, how am I not, you know, I'm doing everything for, you know, I'm yeah. preparing myself, you know, I'm working hard, you know, I'm working hard on everything else. I'm positive with the guys. You know, I sleep well, I eat well, everything else. It's not coming, right, it's right. not playing together. And I couldn't couldn't figure it out. That's why, you know, it wasn't just that. Like, I didn't see the other part. And, you know, my my goalie coach that was uh, there with me in minors was Dusty Emu. And yeah. accidentally, he was there with me when I had the worst year of my life. And then he didn't have a contract afterwards. He went to L.A. And I was in the minors with him the next year accidentally we both just went in there i didn't have, right. you know i and we end up there so he was there with me during my worst time and during my best time yeah and it's funny dusty is a great guy i love him he's an awesome dude and great coach and, and you know he 
And he always said, you know, like you worked everything hard, but your problem was your mental game. And he's got a very good feel to understand a person. And he helped me out a lot with that. And he, he just said, you know, like you are focusing on the wrong things. And I can see that he said your approach afterwards, like when, you know, we worked together about, on that and everything else. And he kind of, you know, I was kind of excited that he was there because he kind of knew both sides of me. Right. And it really, you can, that, that moment that I couldn't get over just to get back to NHL when I got in the minors. And I was uh, a yeah. little bit, my ego was hurt. I was a little bit pouting and I didn't pout in front of players. I pouted yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. at home. I, I worked hard and, you know, I have fun with the boys and stay longer did the games and everything else. But when I played, I was being powder. I thought everything is against me. Oh, this is another tip. I had no chance. Everything is going against me. I just right. feel sorry for myself. And it was just like a domino effect. Like everything just went down. Because your mental game, yeah, I was working physically amazingly hard and I was in great shape and I was doing everything I could. But my mental game wasn't there. I was completely gone. I wasn't thinking about the game. I made a right save. And I was thinking about, oh, you know what? If I win this game, it would be great to get back on track and everything else. And it was right. a half a game in, you know, instead of just thinking about the game. <laughs> so that that really kicks in with a lot of kids and I, i'm sure it does that when they're going through a slump you make two three big saves you start thinking about oh man you know i'm back in it i you know i can get back on a track you know those two two other games and these thoughts comes into play you know you know maybe i can have a really good stat thing so i can play the other next game you know so all right. these little things creep in and you wake up when it's too late in order for you to stay away from those thoughts just try to think about the next part. Just look at the next part. Have everybody has to find their, you know, like a like a happy place, like a quiet place that that can that calm you and bring you back down when these thoughts are creeping in. Yeah. Because if you don't have like this anchor, it will be very difficult to find. You know, well, maybe it is you know a little skate around the net. Maybe it's a drink a water bottle. You know, maybe it's mm. I don't know. Look down on your glove. There is something written. A lot of guys have. Or maybe there is. Right. Just like focus on, you know, during the TV timeout, focus on, I don't know, a little dot on the ground or something like that. You know, just like, so you take everything away. So you try to like push everything away. So you're just focusing absolutely on the task ahead. Nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well said. Very well said. I, I, I like how you kind of gave some tips there in terms of like, you know, what we would refer to as uh, like anchor techniques, I guess, that is that you use, right? And uh, some of the biggest games of your career, I'm sure that you relied on those things that you developed, right? Yeah, you, you, you learn as you go and you start knowing yourself, you start knowing your body, knowing your mind, and then you find what makes you, you know, more grounded. You know, it's easily to go either up or down. And, you know, I always listen to these, you know, great athletes like, you know, say michael jordan kobe bryant soccer players and mm. like i think kobe bryant said one thing you know very important is to be even keel you can't get too high or too low because you know during the course of the game and obviously career and, and life in general there's going to be ups and downs it's how you handle those up and downs that's what matters especially in the game when the game is only 60 minutes and you know stuff happens quickly you know you got to stay up you know yeah great saves feel amazing bad goals feel crappy but you cannot go up and down up and down because that's gonna ruin your focus one you're gonna be over wanting it because if you're letting a bad goal you're gonna be like oh my gosh i gotta make the huge save right now i gotta make up yeah. for that 
Right. And that that can actually hinder your performance. The same thing, if you make a big save, you're like, oh, you know, I'm in the zone right now. And I got this. And all of a sudden, crap, you go because your focus is not there because you're still focusing on how great of the save you made. It's going to go in. So right. you got to stay even keel and try to keep that focus on, on the task ahead. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess looking back at your whole journey now, you know, um, you know, what's, what do you think is the most important thing you learned along your journey to the NHL and playing in NHL that, um, you know, allowed you to, to grow into being one of the best goaltenders in the world? Like what's your biggest takeaway from playing in the NHL? Uh, I, uh, I think it's uh, just, I always say to be thankful, you know, if you're thankful for the opportunity and, mm. And being thankful in general for everything that you've got going on for you. And always try to look at the cup, you know, half full instead of half empty. You know, if we, if we look at, you know, what we don't have, we, you will never be happy because there's yeah. any, every person, even like even the richest people in the world can look at something they're missing. People always think, oh, that person missing nothing. No, you don't know that. Nobody knows. So, we're looking if we start looking in the career and i think it's just in life general be thankful for what you've got look at all the gifts and all the good stuff that you've got going if you're trying to find the stuff that you're missing you will always find them you will always find them doesn't matter oh this guy's better this guy's better this guy has more money this guy's better car this guy's stronger than me this guy's you know you will always find stuff that you're missing so be thankful that you are there and if you're thankful You'll be excited. You'll be so happy to work hard because you're thankful for that. You're, you know, it's just like when you give a little kid a toy and he's excited and thankful for it. He'll play with it. He's so happy with it. He's looking, well, that guy has a better toy. He's not going to play with this toy. I don't know. It's the same thing. If you have, it's, it's, a, it's a goofy analogy, but it's very true because it's very true. If you are playing, if you're a backup goaltender in American Hockey League and you're looking at, oh, look, this guy. Look, he's already in NHL, and I was way better back then. I'm just, you're not going to work hard. Mm. But if you're looking at it, you know what? I'm here. I didn't have to play again. You know, it's very important to me to be thankful for it. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, very well said. Um, uh, Peter, do you have any uh, last words of advice for everybody listening that you feel passionate about? Uh, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a great game. Enjoy it uh, because it goes by fast. You know, you think you're going to have a hard time. Enjoy every moment for it, you know, because it, it, uh, the time flies faster than you think. And, uh, you know, I wish that I would be back 10, 10 years back so I can still play because the game is awesome. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's just the camaraderie and the hard work and, you know, being around the game. It's, it's just amazing. So I love the game. So, boys, enjoy it. Have fun. Work hard. And, you know, uh, uh, hopefully – you know, this can help you guys to uh, get uh, a little bit more, a little bit more advantages going forward. And when everything goes to the leagues and everything else can help you out with uh, playing better. Yeah, no, I, uh, unreal episode, man. I, I, you know, and I, I knew bringing you on would just, uh, you know, I can't tell you how grateful I am really, you know, shedding so much light on, on really what it takes to play at the NHL level and just, you know how big that that mental side of the game is and obviously you played in the league so long and uh, i knew this interview would, would be just invaluable to the audience so just congratulations on a super successful career and, and tenure in the league and uh, i know everybody's gonna love our conversation today um can you just let people know where they can get in touch with you online yeah you know i i just said you know you can 
you can uh, I have a budaiblockers.com is my website you know I take emails there no problem if somebody have any questions also I have Instagram budai blockers and I have a my personal one budai31 and uh, you know if you guys need anything you know just uh, shoot me a text or something like that and and I, you know I usually check it I'm pretty good about it sometimes not but sometimes you know I'm not really great with social media but those are the <laughs> things that you know I <laughs> I have a hard time believing that it's uh 21st century that you do everything through social media you don't need an interaction anymore yeah. but uh yeah so those are the, you know budai 31 budai blockers and budaiblockers.com i have you know when i'm doing some camps or privates and clinics you know i have it written there so uh you know hit me up if you guys need anything and i hope that uh, you know i can help you out the best i can yeah absolutely so go check out peter budai all the links will be available in the show notes um, and like I said, he's just had an incredibly long, successful career in the NHL and, and playing at the highest levels of hockey his whole career, uh, including representing his country, Slovakia, in, in over half a dozen occasions. You know, uh, what a career, much to be proud of. And just congratulations again on all your success. And uh, as you embrace retirement now, I guess you can kind of sit back and, and enjoy it a little bit. But maybe somewhere down the road, um, you know, we'll have you back on the show, man, if that's something that interests you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be fun. You know, I enjoy, enjoy, I enjoy talking shop and, you know, talking hockey. It's always fun. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for you coming on buddy. Uh, uh, good luck with everything as, as we kind of roll into the year here and, and take care, stay safe and we'll chat soon, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me guys and good luck with everything. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up already to come on to the show in the next few months and make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. Uh, as next week I have my old associate coach from UVM coming on the show, my other associate coach. I, I know we had uh, uh, Kyle Wallach on in episode 14. Uh, national champion with Wisconsin back in 2006, longtime D1 coach and has just been coaching at the next level for over 30 years now, and that's Kevin Patrick. And we break down uh, exactly what coaches are looking for at every level from prep to junior to college to pro and how exactly you can stand out and show coaches you're ready for the next level in today's game. Uh, I know you guys are going to love this one. Always love having uh, college coaches on. They have great insight, and I know people love hearing from them. Uh, but I know you guys are going to love this one, so make sure to tune back next week. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast and just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win, uh, we select four winners a month, and, and that includes books, uh, different products, training products, uh, neurotracker subscriptions. We give away all sorts of things. We pick four people a month, and even if you don't win uh, one month, you're always entered into uh, the, the, future, the future giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.